three, two, one. Welcome to the Wednesday night edition of the Dennis and Andy show. I'm Dennis and this is, dude, dude, I know you don't have your ninja mask on and you're pretty excited. What? Oh, hey, I'm Andy. Like Dennis said, welcome Wednesday night Dennis and Andy show. I'm just so excited. I don't know if you've heard. I have a first, I have an Indiegogo campaign for my first man graphic novel and I got from the printer my first man program book. What's the program book? Well, I'll tell you. Like going to the movies or a play, then the program book tells you about it. This first man program book lets you in behind the scenes of first man. It has guest artists version of first man, like Alan Davis to start off. J. Scott Campbell and Kevin Nolan. And a bunch of other artists I don't want to ruin, like great comic books, all should have a centerfold pinup that you can pull out. And then it's got behind the scenes sketches from First Man. I don't want to ruin the whole thing, but it's 40 fantastic pages. Look at my logo on the back. So go to Indiegogo. First Man's in demand, 64 page graphic novel. Back it now. Dennis, I believe the book comes with some goodies. It does, because that's my program book that he gave me tonight. And because he backed it. Let's again, get real. I'm not giving him anything. He had to back it. I mean, we're yeah, pals, I have to pay for everything. Just right. have to pay for everything. He got out of shipping, though. <laughs> that is true. I need a refund. Uh, Penumbra, look at that. This is a really cool book bookmark, and I wasn't sure. That's actually a nice, thick uh, bookmark. It's glossy. That's actually really cool. No, oh, thank you. And the first man uh, trading card, and there's the group of characters. That also turned out nice, glossy, very well done. And then the magnet. Check that out. Four by five inch magnet that looks just like the pull-out poster. So you don't have to pull the poster out because everyone gets a magnet. Yep. You can slap it on your car, your refrigerator, unless it's stainless steel. You're good to go. Uh, happy St. Paddy's Day. I am a part Irish. That I don't know if you are. I'm right. honest, too. I, I honestly no. don't know. Oh, you're not at all. Nope. Get that green well, off, you bastard. No. I, I, if I am, I'm like I'm like 2% because my grandfather's a high 57. But now, but I still, I brought War My Hulk in memory and in, in, in admiration of, of all the Irish. Green Lantern, and I am part Irish, so I can rock this. Because I'm part Irish. So oh, there you go. Mick Smith. Makes sense. Yeah. No, I am part Irish on my mom's side. So there. Oh, fuck. Had to throw that. <laughs> Man. Throwing it down with the last name. He doesn't know my oh. mama. Nope. So a little football talk to start off. Looks like the Cowboys have lost their second string quarterback, Andy Dalton, to the Chicago Bears. Who's going to be their first or second now? But it's only a one-year contract. Because Nick Foles is gone, right? Nick. That's no, right. I think he is. I think he is too. Does that Jaguars. mean Dalton's going to be their starter? 
Is that who they no, brought in to be the their Jaguars. starter for one year? Wait, though. No, I'm confused because Nick Foles was at the Jaguars and then went to the Bears. So I don't know where Foles is going. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's all up in the air. It's crazy. I was at the gym today and it would just popped up right there. Boom. And I'm like, oh, the Bears pick up Dalton. You know what? He was the best part of the Cowboys this season. So you know what? Maybe he can do something with the uh, with the Bears. Well, now the Cowboys have to deal with getting, you know, Courtney, my daughter was like, who's their backup now? And I said, well, when the third string guy came in and played, I think his, his name's Garrett something. When he played one game last year when Dalton was out, he did really freaking good. Yeah. So I'm like, bump that guy up to second. And maybe and that's what they did. He's third. cheaper. Yeah. And get because it, it's third. a salary cap issue. And I'm thinking maybe that's why. Because Tom Brady just reworked his deal. You know, it's a four-year deal um, because he wanted to keep the Super Bowl team intact. So, that's right. uh, you know. Gronk in. Gronk's back for another year. Yep. Let's be honest. If Brady comes back a third year for the Bucs, Gronk's coming back. I think he's a lot too. younger. He's coming back. I think so too. I um, think so too. So let, enough but it's Wednesday. Talk. It's Wednesday, which means it's new comic day. So let's see what the boys got. And by the way, if you guys go to a shop on a Wednesday and get books, please tell us in the comments what you guys buy. We'd love to know. Especially if you get something different that we don't pop up there because I've got a certain set of tastes, Andy's got a certain set of tastes, and we we think we get most of the cool books that we know we want, but every once in a while, there's one that slips right by us. Well, I mean, we like to call that good taste, bad taste, uh-huh. good taste, not so good taste. Uh-huh. Anyhow. And that's why I get way more books than you, because Aww. you have such a narrow taste. You son of a... Yeah. So we're starting off with Thor. Thor's, Thor's been a good run. Thor, Thor, you know, I haven't read it. I'm waiting for the trade. I do like uh, Nick Klein's artwork, and that's usually why I buy something. Dennis has been reading it, said it's a good run. So Johnny Cates it. has been solid. I mean, yep. his Venom stuff has been solid. His Thor stuff's been solid. Um, so, you know, all the way around, yeah, I'm going to keep picking this one up. All right. Then, of course, if it's an X, if there's an X in the title, yep. it's a Dennis book. X time, X Force, X Men, Triple X the movie. Yeah, I have that too. Porn, because it's X rated. Sure, we'll go with that. So you know, Sword has an X right here. It so. is, and you know that's become an X book, and it's it's been interesting what they're what they're doing with it. We reviewed number one, you know, back a couple of months ago, and it's an interesting concept. Um, you know, it's. I'm going to keep picking it up. It's it's still got my interest. It's an X book, so I would. So I'll rephrase that. I'll pick it up and read it. It has good art. I like Valerio yeah. Skitty's art. So sure, I butchered that name, but, you know, I always do. Radiant Black. That's a dentist book, and I read it as well. We actually reviewed this. Was it last week? Just last week? No, Two weeks ago. a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, we reviewed number one. It's an invincible vibe type of book. This this uh, young adult, eh, so invincible as a teenager. This kid's in his twenties, thirties, whatever. He he gets a a costume and some powers. Uh, we liked it. We yeah. gave it a good a good review. So we'll have to read number two and tell you what we think of that. I said I would keep it on my list, and yep, I'm definitely going to keep it. I want to see where it goes. Yeah, it has maybe, nice maybe, maybe it'll be the new invincible. It could be. I mean, Kyle Higgins, good writer. 
Marcelo Costa does uh, does nice visuals. Yep. Star Trek, another one of Dennis's faves. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little far behind reading it. There's just been so many other good things right now. And at some point I'll get caught up. But it's the year five missions, you know, since they never did year five in the uh, uh, the Star Trek TV series. Uh, the writing's been solid. Um, like I said, I'm a little behind. But uh, so far, you know, good job. Um, the only Star Trek I've ever read is John Burns when he drew it, not the photo stuff he's doing. And his photo but stuff was pretty awesome, too. I will, he's I not will doing say. it anymore. Right? No, it's done. It's done, but it was a good run. I think, he's, I think the only thing John Byrne is doing is that X-Men fan stuff that he's drawing. Because I don't... Oh. There's, well, I mean, seriously. There's nothing out from IDW. No. he's That was pretty much his, his comic mainstream for a while, was IDW and all that Star Trek stuff. Yeah. I think he's just drawing that X-Men stuff. So... Yeah, good for him. Maybe he's taking a bit of a break. The Expanse, four of four. So have you even read one, two, and three? Yet? Nope. I said I was holling off, and I'm, I've am i been holding off. And this is the final one, so I will sit down and read it. I will probably do a YouTube short on this and do a quick flip, and then you guys can let me know if you want to review it, um, see what you guys think. But I'm excited to read it. I'm very glad the fourth one came out because – uh, I love this. I've loved every season. It's gotten continuously better. So I'm really hoping this is going to continue in the excellence. Nice. Here's one we both got. We were looking forward to the bequest written by Tim Seeley, drawn by one of my favorites, Freddie Williams, the uh, second. I really like Freddie's art. I really gravitated towards it. I've known uh, I met Freddie actually for the first time about a little over a year ago at the last convention I went to before everything got shut down, Lubbock, Texas. Oh, really? I sat next to him. We went out to dinner. Really nice guy. I was a fan of his work before that. Um, I really became a bigger fan of his work on Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I thought that was some really good stuff. Yeah, that was good. Uh, apparently, after all the stuff at DC, obviously he was done over there. I was very curious to see what he would do next. And looking through previews, we found this. So uh, very, very happy to see it. Um, it looks, you know, we haven't read it yet. It looks fantastic. I told Dennis about it. So we both picked it up. Yeah, I, I had put it on my 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 poll list and said, yeah, and just in case you, you weren't going to get a lot, I'd like to get this one in. And as soon as I saw it there, I was like, oh, it's in my pile. I did a quick flip at the store and I went, Oh, oh yeah! It's visually. I I, yes. I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading it. Visually, it's just great. I know nothing about it. It looks like it takes place, kind of between present day with some fantasy stuff. I don't know. I didn't even. I'll be honest. I'm such a, a fan of buying people's art that I like. Once I saw it in the previews catalog, I probably skimmed the little write up, but that was a few months ago. Don't remember a thing about it. I'm getting it where I got it. Hopefully I'll read it tonight when we're done doing this. So. Yep. Cool. Well, I hope I hope the writing's good. This looks like a new one for you, uh, Vietnam Horror number one. Yeah, I had put it out there. Um, I had actually put it on the list because it was supposed to come in today. And uh, I got my list and it did not arrive. So this is the one that I was expecting to have arrived today. So I'm assuming it'll be in next week's uh, lot. So that happens once in a while. A book was supposed to come out, and it doesn't. But this is one that I think looks really interesting. Um, 
Uh, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it with some of the war stuff. I'm a Vietnam War fan, you know, kind of a, a history buff. And I, I'm very curious to see the direction this is going to take. Is it going to be just another zombie type of a thing? Or are they going to do something really creative? It looks good. So I put it on there. But unfortunately, it didn't come in today. So I didn't get to a quick flip. So um, we'll, we'll hopefully it shows up next week. Oh, it didn't come in? It Was didn't come in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was on the list to, to show up. That's weird. This is one of mine, Batman versus Russell Ghoul. Neil Adams fan, big Neil Adams fan, get everything he does. Um, I was telling Dennis today that I think it's been probably a year since number four came out. I don't quite understand. Like, so, you know, a year ago is... Actually, it was a year ago yesterday or the day before that it was the beginning of 15 days to flatten the curve. So we hit that year anniversary way past 15 days. So, you know, like everywhere after the first 15 states and businesses started shutting down. Diamond went on hiatus with shipping books for I think it was about eight weeks, 10 weeks. So, you know, obviously you're like, OK, well, things will pick up once Diamond starts up again and shops open. Well, Diamond starts up, shops open. I think it was around May or June of last year. And it's like, well, where's Batman Ra's al Ghul number four? And then DC pretty much just said, yeah, we haven't figured out when we're going to put it out. But, you know, obviously we're going to finish it. I knew, I knew from behind the scenes that the book was done on Neil's end of things. The, the whole thing was done. So well, what's the holdup? Oh, well, then finally. DC went through all the turmoil yeah. of, ah. Uh, we're not going through Diamond now, so the comics, the D DC's a mess right now. And But they got number five out. So five is finally out. I probably should go back and read one through four, or at least number four, because I'm so... Maybe you should wait till six comes out in nine months, and that way you can oh, just, yeah. just read all six, then, and then maybe we'll do a review. Just think. Issue four came out. A couple was knocking boots. They had their baby. Their baby's a few months old. And the guy's like, finally, issue five. And I've got my little one that can sit on my lap as I'm reading it. Wow, that's graphic, thinking about that. Well, not really. I mean, graphic is saying five's finally out. Honey, bend over. I need to lay this on your back so I can read it. True, that, stay, that's even more sit, graphic. To, to keep interested. We never did say this was a children's show, just saying. No. And uh, let's see. So after that, all right. Uh, should we review this? Or should we review Superman Lois first? You know what? We're in the comics mode. Let's talk the, the comic reviews, and then we'll, we'll, we'll save Superman Lois to the end because there's, there's a lot to talk about uh, on that. Sounds too. like a plan. All right. So Heavy Metal, uh, Tarnia. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah, Tarna. Tarna. Oh, it's just A, no I. Yeah. It's hard to tell with that sword busted through the logo. So Tarna, number one. Now, this is actually from, you said 2018? Yeah, this is from two years ago. So they just came out with, um, they've got a couple of them. Uh, there's a new series that just came out, and I wound up picking that up, and we're going to talk about that. And then I found out, somehow I never even had seen this. Two years ago, they had put out Heavy Metal did of this one. This is the Alex Ross cover. Um, most of us who remember the Heavy Metal movie and stuff like that, Remember, this was really a fan favorite in terms of all the, the oh, yeah. short stories and stuff that they did. Yeah. And I was curious. So I wound up picking up um, 
Uh, the first three are out now, and I did some quick flips on, on our YouTube. You can go in and take a peek at those. And then I went and got the number one because I was like, well, let's find out, you know, the difference in art quality, the storytelling. I kind of wanted to see because maybe I would go back and pick up this complete run, just a four-issue miniseries from two years ago. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, as soon as I cracked this one open and I started reading it, um, I absolutely loved the artwork. Um, you, you get some of the backstory. This is one of the things that I really enjoyed personally on this particular comic book is it's kind of the way I, I hope Andy likes it in the, in the way that I'm thinking. They, they do have do some setup. There's dialogue in there. For whatever reason, and I'm not sure why, maybe there was a, another series, something before it, she's mute. She can't talk. So the story is told through a lot of dialogueless shots. And it's all action, and it's comic, and you get to let the pictures do the storytelling. Um, like a comic should be. Right, and that's why I was thinking maybe Andy's going to like this, even though it may not be his cup of a, a tea in terms of what he likes. But, I mean, it's visually telling. Um, well, I mean, there's nudity in this. So, I mean, for those of you who are of the younger age, um, you know, I obviously didn't show any of that. But there's full frontal nudity what? and stuff like that. Yeah. Why would you not show that? Do you know who you're sitting next to? A child. A man-child. Right, that's why you paged through it last week. Damn it. Not this one. No, this is oh, the first right. time. You, you didn't. You didn't get to see that one. No, this is the first time I've seen this. I didn't, even in 2018, and I'm, you know, I hit the shop once a week. I don't remember it coming out. So I didn't get a chance to read this. Dennis did, um, but he's only read the first issue of it, right? No, no, I finished off. That was oh, the you number did. four you that I, I showed four. you. Oh, okay. I... I plowed through this so quick once I, I started reading it. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, if you're a heavy metal fan and you enjoyed it, the artwork is just fantastic. We got a, I got a couple of screenshots in here. Um, I don't want to ruin the entire series, but um, it's, it's just engaging the way that they, that they lay everything out. And sometimes they've got entire battle scenes and you're trying to figure out who they're fighting and why they're fighting, what planet that they're on. Um, you get a, the hint that, that she is the last of, of her kind. And anyway, it goes through. It's just, it's just very well done. Um, you know, she gets drafted into the army. She makes a friend. Um, it, it seems like very simple sto storytelling, but it's, it's just done so well. I I couldn't put this down, and I don't say that about a, a, a lot of books, especially something that I wasn't very invested in leading up to this. I was curious. I kind of liked the looks of it. Um, but once I got into it, I absolutely fell in love with uh, with this book. Um, yeah, the, the, from an art standpoint, on this initial series from 2018, it's gorgeous. It's, it has a nice painterly feel. It's done. Uh, the artists are... Asu Escorza and Isaac Escorza. So the art's done by, I'm assuming, two brothers. Um, it's just gorgeous. I don't know who handles what in the on the art side of things. Uh, there is a different colorist. So maybe one is the penciler, one is the inker in terms of the art, or maybe they split duties. This, this is very European looking. 
And with an art team like this, you never know. One guy could literally be drawing the figures. Another guy could be drawing the backgrounds. Uh, or they could just be jamming on the whole thing like, hey, I'm going to work on this here. You work on that there. Uh, the storytelling is really nice and inventive. Uh, Alex DeCampi is the writer on it. And yeah. he must have, they must have sat down and talked about it, you know, like, like you guys do when you do yours. And just said, this needs to be a visual book. We need to have some dialogue to move the story. But oh, yeah. you tell, and, and I think they succeeded. Uh, Grant Morrison's the editor-in-chief. Oh, he was. He's yeah. not anymore. Right, but he, he was for this. Right. And um, and Kevin Eastman. Um, yeah, he's not anymore. Either. Right. But for this series, that's that's who it was. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at this. And I was like, wow. This is just, for me, it was fantastic. So fast forward to 2020, or did the first issue come out in 2021 or 2020? Okay. Uh, no, 2020. 2020. So the first issue of the, uh, I mean, it's not a reboot. They're just doing it again. It's a new so story. Heavy Metal's under new ownership now. And there's a new editor-in-chief who's actually Ken Seeley, the guy that wrote The Bequest. <clears throat> He's the editor-in-chief. And um, I don't know who the actual publisher is with this new one. But anyhow, point is, Heavy Metal, the magazine, is now coming out monthly, which, I'll be honest, I thought for the longest time Heavy Metal did come out monthly. Apparently not. I think it was bi-monthly or even quarterly. Now Heavy Metal's monthly. They're putting out comics as well. This is the one of the first ones, Tarna. It's actually written by a friend of mine, Stephanie Phillips. Stephanie, uh, she's been in the comic business now for four or five years, I believe. Uh, you know, she's really worked her way up the ladder. She is, uh, she's awesome. She, she's, she's doing mainstream stuff at DC. She's had create her own stuff through, I believe, Aftershock and Dark Horse. And now, you know, she was handed the reins of Tarna. The first issue is drawn by Patrick Zercher, Zerker. Screwing his name up. Why do I screw names up? Um, and I actually did read this. I've only read issue one. I know. I'm behind, but issue two was sold out. And even though issue three wasn't, I'm not going to read stuff out of order. So I've only read issue one. Uh, you know, I, I read the first three. So we'll be able you to, did. to okay. talk about Yeah, I've got it's all three. Out of, out of curiosity, who's the publisher and stuff now? I uh, the publisher I'm is David Irwin, and he's also the creative overlord, is his official title. Yes. And the editor in chief right yeah, now Tim is Tim Seeley. Yeah, Tim Seeley. So yeah. that's cool. Um, you know, from an art standpoint, since that's what I focus on, I you know, I like Pat's art. It's nice and clean. It has kind of a European feel to it. I don't know if that's something Pat was going for on purpose. Patrick was going for on purpose. Um, his storytelling is very easy to follow. It's uh, obviously we're not showing the whole book. It does get dynamic in some points. Great introductory shot here of Tarna riding her. Uh, I don't know why. I know it's not this, but for some reason I want to say wildebeest. <laughs> I don't know why I want to say that. But, but as soon as again, I saw it, I'm like, is that a wildebeest? What is that? That is a classic, again, for anybody who's a fan of the original, you know, movie from way back, that that is exactly what you think of when you think of this particular storyline. That right there. That was just a beautifully set up shot. It's got nice pacing and cinematic stuff. I love stuff like this that just transitions through the scene. 
I love the eye movement starting upper left. She gets rebirthed. She has to get a new sword. Yeah. So she actually goes into the pool, which is again, didn't why I couldn't really didn't want to show that because it's all full frontal nudity and stuff. Once again, you would expect not seeing the problem. It's this is some, but but not as bad as as the other one. So you know, Boobies. I kind of wanted to keep it off, but you know, it just wound up being again. Uh, the illustrations on this, there it's a different style. So you notice right away between series one and series two, it's a completely different style. The there's a lot more storytelling in this, and I think Stephanie really does a nice job of creating the dialogue. Um, now Tarna actually is very vocal in this one, unlike the last one where she's mute, she can't talk. Right. This one she's very vocal, she's talking about things. Um so Wait, it, I know it's a whole is there a shot in the book where a man went up to her and said, you know, you're allowed to talk. And she was like, thank God. No, that's when she cut his head off. Oh, okay. Because she does a lot of that. Yeah, I know. And She's arms and limbs. She's amazing. Well, this one starts off because there, there's a planet. Um, their, their planet is dying. Yep. The, the, the sun is disappearing. It's shrinking down. It's just about gone. Planet's just going to wind up dying. You didn't realize how powerful she was. And they're like, oh, my God, are, are you a god or a goddess? And she's like, no. And she basically goes in and, and re-kickstarts the sun, which creates a whole other set of problems. But it, it's just very interesting how they do it. So three issues are out right now. The, the story and all three are very consistent. The art is very consistent, so if you like the style, which, which I do. Well, and issue three was drawn by somebody else. I know that. It was. It so was they, 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 do, uh, they do an artist switchover. Yeah, which uh, I thought was weird. I don't know. I don't know that, like, I, I, I don't know Patrick that well at all. Um, social media, that's about it. Um, I've met Will Rosado a few times, and I like his art. And, I, you know, I thought it was weird when I did see three. And it was by a different artist because it's the same storyline, right? Right. Yeah. So it's kind of weird having an artist switch like that. I don't know the behind the scenes. Um, I think from because I flipped through it, I think from what I remember flipping through it, it it pairs up nicely. So it's not a jarring switch. It's not like in X-Men where they have a guest artist and then you're just like, whoa, what the right. hell is that? Yeah. And you're like, eh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All in all, I'm going to say it, it's it's a very well done story. The 2018 knocked my socks off. This is also enjoyable. I don't think in my mind it's going to touch with the, the 2018 storyline. Um, I did put these out as YouTube shorts and had asked, and I had some people contact me in different ways saying we really would like to uh, do a review. These are hard to find books. So if you did want to go back and collect them, um, you're probably going to have to find them at, at shows um, or you're going to spend the extra money on eBay because some of them are kind of pricey and they're just hard to find. First, second series is a little easier. First series really tough. It's a small print run and stuff. You know, but it's, it's funny. beautiful. I, uh, I shot a half hour YouTube video of myself, you know, taking a shower and, you know, full frontal and stuff because, you know, I'm not shy. And I went to upload it. And it, it came back rejected and it said, we're not uploading this, but if we did, it would be classified as a YouTube short. And I was like, but, it's 30, but it's 30 minutes long. And they're like, that's not why it's a YouTube short. And I was like, oh, that's hurtful. Right. They said, if we had YouTube small, you would qualify for that. 
Yeah. See, like, see where you, I went with YouTube, that? YouTube microscopic. See, see where I went with that? I do. So uh, I'm going to give it a CGC grade. I'm going to, uh, on the first series, the 2018 series, I said for me, it was it was a home run. It's I don't know about a grand slam, but it was a home run. I'm going to give it a 9-4. It's a, it was a solidly well done book. Um, I, I highly recommend it. I would say if you're a fan of the art, which you got to at least see, or you're a fan of the original uh, movie and stuff, th this is a must-have. Second series, also good. Um, I didn't like it quite as much, but and, and I think it's just because there was so much more dialogue. And after reading the first one and how masterfully the story was told just by the art, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to definitely finish this one out. Hope they're going to keep can, uh, continuing to put out more. I'm going to get it an 8.5, um, and I'm hoping for a really nice ending at the end. So both books, solid to pick up. So hopefully you guys, you do leave us messages and know what you thought, especially if you wound up picking them up. Um, you know, give us your opinions on them. You don't have to agree or, or disagree with us. Yeah, I mean, I only read the first issue of this new one. So with only having read the first one, if I gave it an introductory grade for the first issue, I'd give it an 8. You know, I liked it. Like I said, two was sold out, so I haven't moved on. Um, I know three's out. At this point, I might just wait for the trade. But I do like, uh, you know, I like what Heavy Metal's doing. So there you go. Moving on, the Eternals has restarted as of three months ago, which would be uh, January. January, yep. February, March. Yeah, yep. January. Um, we've also got requests for this and we did a, a, a YouTube short on this one and I had people respond back to us in different ways saying I, cause I was just asking the question cause when you, we talk to our friends and you know, we've got a diverse group of friends, nobody's talking Eternals, even with the movie, nobody that I'm talking has any excitement. So I just kind of put out a video saying, you know, here's what it looks like. Does anybody want us to review it? Do you have any interest? I was surprised that they said, yes, we, we do. We, we want to know what you think. We want to see it. So I wound up stopping at the comic book shop today and talked to Tony. And I said, just out of curiosity, since we're doing our show tonight, here's what I found out, the exact story. How's it been selling? He goes, it's actually been selling pretty well. He goes, better than what we thought. And I was like, oh. Cool. So there is some excitement uh, out there apparently for it. So we, I said we would do a review, and we are going to do the review tonight. So Eternals is written by Kieran Gillen, uh, drawn or art by Assad Ribic, and colors by Matthew Wilson. Now Assad is really known more as a painter. He does a lot of painted covers for Marvel. His painted work I just love. He's a traditional painter, so it's not digital. Um, if I could afford one of his paintings. If Dennis wanted to buy me one for a birthday present, that would be awesome. Or Christmas. Or, you know, birthday, Christmas. I'll call him. I'll see how much he That's wants. That's nice. Like six, seven grand. Um, yep. Nope. Damn. Hurtful. Words are. Um, I see where our friendship stands. Yep, won't even not at a, the 6,000 mark. 60? I mean, no. literally, I had to spend 25 bucks for this. Put so six grand no, is out. That wasn't 25. <laughs> this was less than that. Was it? Yes. <laughs> Dummy. The main graphic novel is 25. Anyhow, I hate you. So, uh, so I like his painted work a lot. Um, I haven't thought much of his interior storytelling art. I think he did 
God, I, I want to say it was 10 years ago. He did a run on the ultimates through, uh, um, oh my God, the ultimate line Marvel was putting out mm -hmm. at the time. And you know, I bought it. I wasn't super thrilled. It was just his pencils and somebody else colored it. He doesn't ink his work. It's just done in pencil. Um, I don't know. It wasn't, it, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm old school and I like superheroes to look more over the top, not just what a real muscle dude would look like if he had a costume on. And Assad's work is really grounded in reality that way. Even like an Iron Man who isn't Eternals number one as a, as a guest spot, just you know, has the proportion of a dude in armor. And you know, on screen in a movie, you see Robert Downey Jr. in it and you just buy it because it's live. But in comics, I wanna see that exaggeration and that more heroic proportions that John Buscema would draw in his comics and taught and how to draw comics the Marvel way. So, uh, you know, that that's my take on the art. Um, it's also, there, there are just some instances, I'm sorry to say, like this is Sprite, Sprite is a is a girl, and now she's young. I, I guess she's like twelve. So or they something. all basically get resurrected. Which which well, if we're you not read like Neil, Neil Gaiman's and right. stuff like that. Oh, okay, so just the, a tangent. Yeah, Neil Gaiman's Eternals from a few years back, drawn by John Romita Jr. And John Romita Jr. is like a Jack Kirby with the power he puts into his work and with his dynamics and storytelling, and his characters all look like these gods and that's how i think the eternal should look and this is just too down to earth real sprites a girl i got to be honest i just if i didn't read the dialogue i didn't know that that was a girl i thought it was a young boy um on the plus side you know his storytelling is nice it's not overly dynamic though but his background designs, like I thought all the design work he did in the backgrounds and like the tech was, uh, was really nice. Um, but other than that, you know, I was left a little cold. Uh, obviously I talked a lot about the art. I let Dennis talk about the story, even though I read it too, I'll chime in. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting because what you mentioned about the art was kind of what I thought. I love so far all three of the covers. I've liked, like you said, this is where we we are in agreement. I love the uh, the painted covers, and yeah. I I was like, that's fantastic. Um, when I started getting into the artwork, I I started looking at, it and I think this is actually a prime example. That to me just doesn't mesh, um, and I agree with Sprite. It had. Had I been unfamiliar with the Eternals when I picked this up, right. there there would be so many question marks about so many of the different things. Um, Icarus, you know, when you think of Icarus, you, you think of this really solidly built, muscular guy. And at the end of this one, it, which is what intrigued me, because the story wasn't bad. The story was enough to get, okay, trying to figure out what's happening. He's being brought back. They've got to find some of the other Eternals. Something's going on. And you're piecing together, you know, what, what's going on. I was like, okay, it's it's all right. And then right at the end of the panel, which you saw, 
Thanos shows up. Well, it's like, a, whoa, it's okay. A, it, it basically starts off, like Dennis said, you know, they, you know, an Eternal dies. This chamber basically, you know, for lack of a better word, resurrects them. So the, the book starts off with Icarus being resurrected. He goes over to Sprite. And then you find out, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the leader that's killed. Yeah, but I, I think they're, but, they've all been just been brought they, back from yeah, the looks of it. Yeah, but the point is, the leader, it's a murder mystery, ends up dead at the end of the issue. And it's like, whoa, who killed him? And of course, you know, you find out in issue two, well, you know, what's the big deal? He'll resurrect and we'll just ask him. But then you find out the possible murderer who you saw, because uh, all signs point to Thanos. I don't think it's going to be Thanos. I think it's going. To, I think that's a swerve. But if whoever did it also uh, took out the resurrection machines, so until they get those up and running again, uh, the the main dude Eternal there, whose name I'm blanking on, can't be resurrected. Um, you know, the other beef I have, too, is I haven't seen I've seen some of the costume designs for the movies, but I haven't seen a lot. And they don't I don't I, I don't remember them that well. I don't know if it came down from high like, hey, let's change the designs on everybody to more match the movie. I don't believe this does. But my thing is this. Honestly, it's the Eternals. Anybody can draw a Jack Kirby costume and make it look cool. And it, I don't think any of the Eternal costumes from the Kirby era in the 70s would look old today. I think that if Assad did it, um, mm. I've drawn Icarus before for someone in Jack Kirby's original costume. I think anybody could draw those costumes that Jack Kirby originally created and they would still hold up today. Because all of Jack's designs, Jack created his own world, and his world all had more modern for the time, futuristic looks. So with that in hand, they don't look old. So it's like Captain America. His costume has been the same since the 40s. You know, they've, you know, they've done some storylines where they've done, oh, let's do more movie-esque with pouches and stuff, but they've never done a complete redesign. Because it's iconic and it holds up. I think Jack Kirby's original costume, and they did this in the Neil Gaiman one too. They changed the costumes in the Neil Gaiman yeah. one as well. When I wasn't a fan of that. But I don't think these costumes needed to be changed. So that's yeah. just me. Yeah, and we'll, we'll meet in the next couple of shots. So this is where we get into number two and you're thinking, oh, this is interesting. You know, Thanos. We know Thanos has a tie-in. Uh, with the Eternals, he basically is this the offspring of two of the Eternals, and but he's got the deviant gene in him. I don't, and it doesn't look like they've altered that. I was getting a little worried they might alter some of the history, and so you know they've got some of the deviant stuff in it again. This cover, I love the cover. It's beautiful. His yes. paintings just—he brings so much life to his paintings. I think a part of it is because, like I said, he's a traditional painter with, uh, I think, watercolor and gouache, if I if I remember correctly. Um, maybe some acrylic. I'm not, yeah, I, I want to say it's more watercolor gouache. But, I mean, he, his stuff just comes to life when he paints it. And, I mean, Matthew Wilson's a good colorist. Don't get me wrong. But 
you know, when I think of Assad's work, I think of the whole picture with him doing the color, you know, painting and everything. Um, and, and in the storyline, even on that top one, you know, they go after it. They start their big battle and he's an arrow, you know, and, and that's basically saying when he sees his target, he attacks his target and goes. So it winds up being an interesting uh, fight scene, but it's against Thanos. And, well, I, and I mean, any of us that are reading, reading this instantly go, well, you're, you're so outmatched right now that there's an Icarus is no slouch by any means, no. but he's not up to a Thanos. But, and you know, you know, once again, the draftsmanship of this panel is fantastic. It's drawn really well, but I'm sorry to me, it's not dynamic. Dynamic would be pulling the camera around. So Thanos is more in the foreground and you really get a sense that, man, you're right there getting it. But he saves that shot for the second panel with Thanos in the foreground. And you're like, oh, okay, so I'm right there with Thanos on the ground. But the main action's already done. I'd rather be right there behind Thanos as this blast is coming over him, feeling it. And then side view, down shot or something of Thanos like that. That's just me, but it's just, it seems like a wasted moment here. Um, the other thing that kind of drives me crazy is you broke the 180 degree rule, which is a storytelling thing, which in film you never are supposed to do. And it translates over to comics as well. The quick rule is this, Icarus is on the left, Thanos is on the right. If Thanos just got punched like that or hit or whatever and falls to the ground, he would still be on the right and Icarus would be behind him on the left. Instead, the camera busted around 180 degrees and it just looks kind of weird. Yeah, that's just me. Um, and then, you know, this is nice. You know, I like this shot. So, you know, it, it breaks it up, but you know, this, this to me is the money shot of the page. Yeah. So, yeah. And the the fight goes on. He it winds up being full of trickery. He winds up Icarus winds up Sprite helps him escape. So I'm going to say, um, you know, they start dealing with uh, the deviants. He comes across a, a a group that he's looking for a monster, and you know, so this leads into the to the story. Um, for me, the story on and and this one was flat. Um, it was slow. It, it was. It was a slow movie. It's a. It's a. It's. It's like going to watch a movie that's ninety minutes of runtime, and you walk out, and you're like, "What was that? Like two and a half hours? Man, that felt like two and a half hours. Like no, it was an hour and a half. You're like, what? Yeah, it's like fortitude, but with two hour episodes. Oh, you shut your mouth. Fortitude <laughs> was good. Um, it was. It was slow. I'll be honest. I read number one. I read number two. I started number three. I think I got five pages in and my interest just was not there. I put it down. Um, and, and, you know, that's it. You know, I get it. Not everything's for everybody. I don't like to be that guy that is like, this book is trash. Therefore, it is trash. Look, everybody likes different things. Like Dennis said, Tony at the comic shop he goes to says it sells pretty well. It's for somebody, just not this guy. Yep, yep. So I I picked up all three. I read uh, I read all three. We get into the third one, and again, when we see the cover, I was like, "Ooh, a, next panel." 
Yep. I looked at that and right away, and I'm like, yeah. We're just painting. You're just like, damn, that's nice. Yep. There's Thena. Um, uh, Cersei. Cersei, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Sprite. Yeah. Boy Sprite. Yeah, and then that's one of the Deviants, which is her boyfriend, which you get into. Right. She's sleeping with the Deviant, and that's she's almost like an outcast because of it. Hey. She wants nothing to... What? Susie told me that her dad told her when she was dating you that she was sleeping with the deviant. That's right. And that's why we got two kids today. That's right. Sleep with the deviant, get two kids. Or one, because I only have one and I'll call myself a deviant. So look, that is beautiful. Again, this is I, I, I again uh, I love that. I thought it was just uh, uh really good. But it, it's it unfortunately it's gonna be the same theme once we get into the, the heart of the story, um, that, that's their, you know, she's like, oh, I need to go, you know, we'll, we'll see you later and stuff like that. And um, they, it was all right. It was fine. Um, and I thought the art was 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 all right. You know, yeah, I mean, like, like I yeah. said, the art's real, you know. Yeah. But I like comics that pull me out of reality yeah. with with more more exaggerated style yeah um i mean even you know uh patrick zercher 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 on uh tarna did i say it right yeah nice on tarna his artwork is is just enough up above um reality to to pull me in and alex ross i always say alex ross because alex ross is a guy who He's he's just he's one of the best. He uses models. He draws out of his head so well. It's not even funny. And people ask. Um, I just saw an interview with him. People are like, "You draw out of your head so well without models. What's the model for?" And he's he said, "I'm going to butcher it," but he basically said, "I like using models because after I do the drawing out of my head, once I I pose a model for it." I can get the, I think it's get like the, you know, the little nuances down that I don't have in my head to, to just help the drawing. But even though he does fall, Alex Ross falls into that category of realism. And yes, you look at his characters and you could say, but Andy, if your complaint with this is it looks like normal people with costumes on, that's what Alex Ross does. But there's just more to it. Like yeah. Alex's heroes, even though, yeah, they look real, they still look larger than life, you know? And I don't know if it's it's because he's doing an initial drawing out of his head. And I don't know how Assad works. I don't know if this is all out of his head or if it's out of his head and photo reference. If it's all, I have no idea. But everybody's different, and Alex just meshes it so well that his work has that power so yeah that's my spiel yeah good spiel thank you but you know even when there's action um and this was one of the things stuff's coming down he uses his force beams you know boom 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 it it conveys the message but it did so and i went oh okay there there, there was nothing about this that reached out when i when i like like turner that we just reviewed it reached out and grabbed me and pulled me into the story. And right. it said, you know, be a part of this, you know, be immersed within it. And that's what I love. I 
I was not immersed in any of the uh, uh, issues of Eternals in, on this run. Now, I can't say that from, you know, Neil Gaiman, the old Kirby stuff. Um, they've never been my favorite team. Let's put it that way. I mean, I've never went, oh, I really do it. So, you know, I'm okay with that. But I still want to see what they're doing. They've got a movie coming out. I really wanted to. But this left me really flat through all three. I mean, and unfortunately to the point, because I really wanted to see what was going on, um, where they were going to take this. But after this third up issue, I'm, I'm, I keep wanting to say episode, I'm, I think I'm done. I, I'm going to probably pull it off my list. I, I don't care. And unfortunately, that's where I'm at with this series right now is after three issues, I care about absolutely zero of these characters. Right. I I think they're basically two-dimensional. The story wasn't very intriguing. The artwork was was adequate, but it didn't do anything for me. And, you know, we all have so much money to go and and to, to purchase things with. I, I'm just not going to spend it, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. Um, some of you guys might like it, and I, I feel free. Throw some comments down. Let me know why you like it and what you think, and that's okay. We we may agree or disagree on this, um, but we will over the week send us your feedback. All right, let's rate this puppy and move on to Superman Lois. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, I only well, I read one, two, and part of three. I don't know. I give it like a six. It's just not my my. It's not my bag, baby. It's not my bag. Yeah, and I'm pulling it off my list. Um, I'm giving it a four. Because I, even when it's all said and done, honestly, if they're even in the dollar box, I'm probably not going to finish it. I, I don't do that very often, but this did not impress me. Sorry to say, because I've liked some of their other work. And, you know, my six is overall from an art standpoint. I mean, Assad's great. He's a very good artist. I love his painting. He's a great draftsman. But... To me, Eternals, like I said before, I think big, powerful, um, dynamic, and I get, I, I think epic, you know, and I'm just not getting any of that out of this book. No. And it could be miscasting on hiring, you know, Assad to draw this book. You know, there are certain books I think he would be phenomenal on, and then there are some that you know, it's just not the right casting choice. And just to give an example of that, as myself, being a comic book artist, look, I draw superheroes. I love superheroes. Um, I've drawn Conan type stuff. I really enjoy it. I've drawn real world type stuff as well. But if, if for instance, Hellblazer uh, from the Vertigo, you know, DC Vertigo stuff, Constantine, if an editor asked me to do it, you know, I'd be wondering why, because that just isn't really something in my wheelhouse that I would enjoy doing. And if an artist doesn't enjoy it, it'll show. And I'm not saying Assad doesn't enjoy it. I'm sure he does. But from a reader standpoint and thinking what I said, when I think Eternal is a big, bold dynamic, I'm just not seeing it. So anyhow, Superman and Lois, Superman and Lois, episode four last night. This show just keeps on getting better and better. We we dealt more with uh, 
uh, I really like how they're dealing with Clark having to do the juggling of, um, you know, being a husband, being a dad, you know, trying to, you know, Superman. and being Superman. You know, the old, you know, Smallville doesn't even compare because he never became Superman. Um, so you go all the way back to Lois and Clark with uh, uh, Dean Cain. Yeah. And Terry Hatcher. Yep. And, and it ended where they were together. But for most of the show, it was just him juggling Clark Kent and Superman and keeping right. it away from Lois. So it wasn't the juggling as it is now. Now, it's not just Clark juggling balls because he's Clark Kent and he can't let anybody else know. It's Clark juggling chainsaws because he's Superman and he has to, you know, he's the he's basically the world savior He's he's got to help, you know. He's got to be the husband, the father. He's got Lois's dad, General Lane, to deal with, who's a dick, uh, and played by Dylan Walsh. Great, I love that guy. He's yes, and he he always plays a good villain. Oh yeah, that's why when I saw him as her dad, I'm like, mm, could this be a foreshadowing? We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. So last night's episode dealt with. Um, Called Haywire. Yeah, it's called Haywire. But basically, uh, on the home front in Smallville, Morgan Edge is in town trying to, of course, uh, through his manipulations, uh, help the town, help Smallville. But by gaining mine rights. But but he's trying to gain rights to this mine. But we didn't know why. And that was just it. We're like, we know he's coming in. It's being implied that there's bad things. But why? Anyway, it's they, they deal on it. They they dwell on this. Yep, it's 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 good. That's all you're gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. That's it for the whole episode. No, no, no. I, we we're just talking about the Morgan Edge part. Oh no, there's, I was, there's, I was oh, you to, there, there's I, so I'm many. Not like you. Dude, there's there's so many different storylines. So you've got the storyline. So you've got Clark's storyline, and we we know there's superpowered people out there right now. You got the two sons. They're in football. They have an absolutely great, fantastic football scene in here where they send um, Jordan in. Oh, no, other one. No, but, yeah. Other kid. The coach is like, Kent, get in there. Jonathan goes again. He goes, no, no, the other one. But he doesn't call him Jordan. What's his nickname? He has a nickname. Uh, Short Stack. Short Stack. Yeah. So Jordan goes in there, you know, the, the son that has some powers and just, you know, he has one job and that's basically to get to the quarterback and make him fumble because they need that. They need that fumble for the touchdown. Needless to say, it happens. Yeah. You know, they're they're You know, it's not it's not like this has been done before. You can see that that they're playing where, you know, Jonathan the football star, the cool one, is now coming down a notch because Jordan's raising up a notch because now he's becoming a – he gets the game ball. But, you know, but it's it done like he's very get well. The girl. Right, it's done well. And, you know, and it's affecting Jonathan, but they're not taking it to the – they're not forcing it to the next level of just Jonathan losing his shit and being like, that's it. Yeah, this is supposed to be me. Wham, wham, wham. It's a it's a slow build, which I think is nice because you know that that's going to happen. There, there's mean, nothing in this show, and we say Hollywood repeats itself. They can't come up with right. something new. There's nothing new about the storylines that they're doing. What's refreshing is how that they're doing it and how they're playing this out. 
the dynamics because we all know Superman's origin. And, right. and this is such a fresh way to do it. And I wasn't sure about the casting when they first did it. I am sold. They picked the exact right family members. Lois, who I wasn't really a fan of when in the beginning, I was like, uh, don't know if she's going to be a good Lois. Take that back. I she's sold they just, on her. They, you know, when they introduced Lois and Superman, the actors in in um, Supergirl last year, I I wasn't that sold either. And it's all visual, and I think they've really learned from Supergirl. Man, we came out of the shop and fucked up this Superman costume. Yeah, what the hell were we thinking? And it was all with the cape and how it connected, like down here and wrapped out instead of the classic cape coming out of the neck hole, you know, and they, and other little things on the costume. And I don't know if, if, I don't know if they focus grouped it or what, but um, when I first heard about the show coming down the pike, I was like, Oh my God, I just don't like that costume. And then when they finally started debuting pictures, you're like, Oh, they fixed the costume. Awesome. Yep. yep. You've got Lois's storyline. She's uncovering why Morgan Edge is in town. She winds up hooking up with Lana to go out for a drink, which, again, it's a girl-on-girl thing. Oh, is your the ex-girlfriend? Girl-on-girl. Girl. Girl. Oh, yeah, no. No, that would be almost turn up. But no, no. All I'm saying is they played this very well. It was a great scene having the current wife with the ex-girlfriend it wound up being good, all dealing with stuff, dealing with Smallville. You find out her dad's got issues with the way that with their family choices and Clark General Lane. All I'm I am, you know, General Lane was kind of scolding him. He put stepped in there and he goes, I Clark's like, I don't work for you. I work for the world. I'm basically here to protect the world. I don't work. You don't pay me. Yeah. And and you know, and Lois threatens to kick him out of their life if he doesn't. Yeah, know, General, out. General Lane is just power tripping on on Clark like he owns him or something. He's like my pet. That's yeah, what, it's, that's it's what like he he's treats his him. pet. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, you got some balls. That is Superman you're talking to. He could walk up to you and flick your head right off your shoulders, and you're talking to him like you're his boss. And it's like, no, dude. And that's what I like about the show is. There's a scene with the villain in this episode that escapes where, you know, Clark gets the call and he has to jet out from uh, from an event with his family to Metropolis. So he gets there in time. But the villain has this awesome sonic weapon that just literally takes Superman down to his knees. But then his boy, we don't want to spoil everything. His boys get in kind of trouble in Smallville. So as much as they don't want to, they pull out the little uh, remote device and hit it to uh, let let their dad know, hey, we need you. And he's, you know, cut back to Metropolis. Superman's down on his knees. He can vaguely make out, you know, his sons saying, you know, dad, we need you. And, you know, he just musters that strength. It's almost like the stuff you see where, the feats of strength by real people. And, you know, the classic is the mother that lifts up her car off her son when in an accident because she needs to save him. And where's the strength come from? And Superman's down on his knees, getting his ass handed to him. And he's just like, boys are in trouble. And he does the old thunderclap. Uh, he does the incredible Hulk thunderclap. and just sends everybody on their asses. 
he, you know, he's got the little earpiece thing. I love that quick. He melts the, the gun that's hitting yeah, him. Yeah, he melts the gun that's awesome. hitting him. And then everybody in, in, a t in a TV show these days has a little ear thing where they can just talk and the other person picks it up and he's like, hey, come get him and bring some ambulances. I'm out. And he just takes off to go to Smallville to help his boys out. Because the boys are in trouble because one of the members from the team something's happened and he's the one he had gotten injured during the explosion. His hands start shaking, moving so quick, kind of like it looks like on the screen, but there's this, like without special effects. Cause he really does have powers. And it almost looks like he might be getting like a speedster power because his hand shaking and it explodes the cast and it's going on there. He can't control it. Um, Jordan uh, tries to help him and gets his block knocked off. And then Superman rushes back in there in order to try and help him and is very creative the way that that he does it. So everything, everybody's storyline, this is what we've talked about each week. Every single person's got their own storyline, and it's a unique storyline, and they advance it in a thought-provoking, well-thought-out, plan each and every week i love it i love what they're what they're doing with each of the person's stories so very excited with what they're going we're not going to spoil they had a really great zinger at the ending of this and i think you just have to watch it and then we'll talk about it in one of the future episodes oh yeah we know definitely. it's superman definitely um you know the one thing with that kid that gets the power where his hands just like that it's his right hand and all i could think is i hope that kid's not right-handed because if he's right-handed is that would make a little alone time very difficult for him assuming he's right-handed right so i hope he's left-handed yes because at least that this one's over here going he still has this or, one or he's good in five seconds oh that's true but i'm done um, one last thing we'll touch on is Marvel's bringing up a new Captain America. Not okay, so not a new cap. I don't want to spend this. Okay? Yeah, that's it's not new. It's not a new Captain America. There's a storyline. It's a five issue miniseries. Apparently, starting in June, somehow, some way, Captain America gets his shield stolen, and so he. I believe Bucky and Falcon and uh, uh, oh, what's U.S. agent's name? Johnny Walker. Is it Johnny Walker? Walker. I, yeah, Walker. I guess. Anyhow, I might have the grouping wrong, but it's at least Captain America and I believe Winter Soldier have to trek across the country to find his shield. I mean, right out of the gate, I'm like, really? He His shield got stolen? And he's trekking across the country. Is he is he just going to go to all 50, you know, continuous 48 states? And if it's not there, hit the, you know, Hawaii and Alaska. I mean, I don't I, I, I'm kind of lost on that aspect of it, because you would think a shield like that, especially in this day and age, would have a tracker. And he'd be like, it's right there. Let's go get it. So anyhow, when he travels through these states, I guess, in each one. Over the course of the five issues, I think there's going to be five different versions of a type of Captain America. And what somebody we, gets a shield. Some, well, no. I think, going by this picture, somebody gets inspired by what Captain America represents, what he stands for. 
Um, this is all just from a little thing I've read, so I'm not that in depth on it. But the point is, the first person they run into is this homeless teenage boy. Uh, I, I'm assuming he's 17, 18 years old, and you can see what he looks like. He, he makes his own Captain America costume. It looks like a painted trash can lid. And, you know, he he helps other homeless people and, you know, downtrodden, whatever. That's great. No problem. And the the issue I have is, and it's not the fact the character is going to be gay. That's not a problem. I don't really care. Fine. But it just seems that it's all about pandering because it's coming out. I know. Let's do it. It's it's like they sat in a room and said, let's do we're doing this Captain America storyline. What kind of talk can we get for June? Well, June's gay pride month, right? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of buzz can we create around this book for June to bump up sales? Well, what if we make one of the characters gay? Great idea. You know what I think it is? There, there's a list of, of pandering buzzwords that they have. And they've got a, basically a dartboard wall up there. And they're like, well, what should we do with this character? They spin Johnny around 10 times. He throws a dart. Oh, he's gay. We spin him around again. Oh, he's got this. Oh, he's got, okay, there's our character. And well, now let's are, there, do it again. are there months that we can do this? And it just seems overtly dishonest. It doesn't seem like if this was a storyline and this was the cover that was presented, because I don't have a problem with the cover, and I, and I don't look at this cover and go, oh, that's a gay character. It just looks like some cosplay Captain America, which goes along with the whole story of, hey, they're going to run into these versions of people that have been inspired by you, Cap, which is awesome. You know, I mean, yep. people get inspired by real people in the world all the time and want to kind of follow in their footsteps. Well, you know what it reminded me of? is when when you're looking at this if you remember when superman when that was all done and he was going through one of his dc reboots when he was dead remember when he did his no not when he's dead when he did his walk across america oh walk across and, America. and right. you know he visits detroit and he meets people and people are like oh wow you're like real and you're superman and you do this that's one of those things that i'm thinking about oh i just met superman i think it's really cool i can be inspired by superman because right. I've actually met him. He's a real thing. He's not just over in Metropolis or right. hanging out in New York. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a pandering thing. Superman didn't didn't happen to the month of June walk through a city and it'd be like, oh my God, I inspired a gay person. Right. He you walked know? from coast to coast. He went through the belt, the heartland. He hit all the you know different types of points and went through it. And there was an interesting story, which he, I thought it was just a very well done series. If they're going to do something like that with this, maybe. But if you read the description, it does not feel like that's what they're doing at all. It looks like we're trying to do a money grab and we just want to pander to a particular group. So we're going to do this and this is what we're going to. And I was like, I, I have absolutely no desire to, to spend any of my money, I'm going to put this one immediately into my Eternals and I won't even start with well, it. Well, see, here's the way you do it so it doesn't look like a pandering money grab. You release everything just like you did and you just leave out the sexuality of the character because why does it matter? Right? Right. And then when the book comes out and you're reading it, maybe there's a scene in a diner 
where this, I don't know the character's name. So maybe there's a scene in a diner with this character when he's, you know, when he's not. We'll call him Bob. All right, Bob. When Bob's not in his costume, he's in a diner and sitting across from him is another guy who through the course of the conversation, you find out is his boyfriend. And then that's organic. You know, you don't need, I don't believe you need a press release saying, hey guys, look at us. We care because we're doing this. Look, we care. This is what we're doing. It's like DC and Marvel are fighting to see who can, who can get to the top of that mountain first. And then if that's what they want to do, great. But, but like you said, it's not organic. There's no reason to make that a focal point. You can have any type of characters that you want. They could be any nationality, any, you know, ethnicity, any religion, whatever you want. Just you put them forward, but do it through the storytelling. Don't do a press release. We've got the first this character, the four, first this character, whatever. That that doesn't make anybody other than the smallest segment of the population want to run out and virtual signal buy something. Yeah. So that's our two cents on it. We thought it should be brought up because it's been making the rounds. We want to talk about it. Like I said, I just don't, you know, whatever. It just seems like Dennis said a, a, a money grab and it's, seems more pandering than an organic there's, thing that happened. There's so many better books that we could spend our money on. And as we've kind of been alluding to, Marvel has been getting less and less of my money. And even some of the X books are, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, because there's some really good independent or smaller studio books out there that have quality, good writing, good stories. And, and well, and I'll, good I'll say this. I don't, I can't remember. Uh, who's writing it? Let me scroll down and see here. Um, it's written by Christopher Cantwell, so I don't know who that is. And Josh Trillo, I believe, Trullo. So I've never heard of them, but I know I can already tell you the art's going to be good because a, a a guy I know and I've worked with before, Dale Eaglesham, is the main artist on it, and Dale's rock solid artist. His last stuff was Shazam for DC. He did. Out of the 15 issues, I think he did 80% of it, or 75% of it. He only needed some help here and there. Dale's a rock-solid artist. It's good to see him back. He draws great superheroes. He does what I say I like. He does nice, uh, uh, dynamic uh, artwork with slight exaggeration. So you're, you're like, man, I'm looking at a hero. So I know the art's going to be good. Story? Don't know. Time will tell. But. That is the show for tonight. Yep. So what do we got on Friday? Friday. Oh, my God. Friday, we're reviewing the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. And and if we have time, we'll at least touch on it. Or you can let us know which one you'd rather have to spend more time on. Tomorrow, we're going to be watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. All four hours of goodness. Yeah. Over Dennis's place because his TV is as big as a damn wall, and, and because uh, they're not in, we were going to go to the theaters. We had every plan to take Thursday and go to the theaters and spend four hours in one of our great theaters here, eating popcorn, drinking soda, and being miserably stuffed. Binging, and for four hours, and no go. It's not being shown. 
not being shown as of as of tonight. Not one single theater is showing it. So it was supposed to be released, we thought, simultaneously with HBO Max. If that's not the case, guess we're watching it at my place. That's right. HBO Max at Dennis's and tomorrow. It's happy hour on Friday. So happy I already Friday. put out my YouTube short of the Trooper beer that I'm if you're an Iron Maiden fan, it's the Trooper beer. And Andy, have you picked out yours yet? No. You have not, because I have not seen the little short yet. I'll do it soon. All right, then. All right, guys. Until next time, we will see you all on Friday. Good night and goodbye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>